Hello cult hackers and welcome to the podcast. I'm Celine, a media graduate with an interest in cults. And I'm her dad, I'm Stephen. I work as an organisational psychologist and I am also interested in cults and I was raised in one for the first 30 years of my life until you came along, Celine. Yep. <laughs> That's the story and uh, we're, we're sticking to it. it. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, so today is a bit of a different one, I think. We've had... Uh, a couple of interviews in a row um, and thoroughly enjoyed that. I spoke to Dennis Torish last week and we both spoke to um, Alexandra Stain uh, the week before, which was wonderful. Got some more interviews coming up, but today it's just you and me. And we normally have a topic that we talk about. And this week's topic is a bit different in a way because we don't normally focus these days on Jehovah's Witnesses, which is my old mm. uh, group, my old cult. Um, I've sort of felt that I wanted to focus on uh, the broader questions of the psychology of cults and how these groups work. I mean, that's what Cult Hackers is all about. Um, and there's lots of really good um youtube channels and stuff that really focus on on that um so we, we're a bit different we we talk about cults from a psychology mm-hmm. perspective um but i couldn't resist getting a bit sucked down the old xjw rabbit hole this week because there's kind of big news on the jw front jehovah's witness front and so that got me kind of interested in the annual general meeting, which is something that uh, is a big deal nowadays. When I was growing up, we, I don't even remember there being one. There must have been, but no one yeah, seemed to know anything about it. I don't remember you ever mentioning it no. as something of import. <laughs> no. The AGM now, it seems to be where they announce sort of big changes to things. So um, mm. this is this has happened this year. So there's, there's one major thing, a couple of doctrinal things as well. Um, if you want a proper rebuttal of all of that, then I would recommend our friend Riley and checking out his Jexit channel because uh, he's always onto stuff like that. I also took some information from a channel called XJW Panda, which I didn't really know about and listened to that. It's quite informative, uh, nicely put together. And the other one is, of course, Wally on XJW Thoughts, um, who I tend to go to for info. So I'm kind of referencing them because I've got some of my information from there, but also from the uh, JW.org website itself. So I'm going to read the breaking news to you, Celine, because you don't know this yet, I don't think. No, so I don't really know anything you said. Mm. You sort of alluded to it the other day, and I was like, I don't yeah, know about it. So then we just didn't about. talk about it so that we That's could talk right. about it on the podcast. So this is the breaking news on the JW.org news uh, site. So this is actually their own site. It says, on October 7th, 2023, at the annual meeting of the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society of Pennsylvania, the following exciting announcement was made. Beginning November the 1st, 2023, congregation publishers will no longer be asked to report the amount of time they spend in the ministry. Nor will publishers be asked to report their placements, the videos they show, or return visits. Instead, the field service report will simply have a box that allows each publisher to indicate that he or she shared in any form of the ministry during the month. There will be one more box where publishers can report the different, the number of different Bible studies they 
conduct. Missionaries, circuit overseers and their wives, special pioneers, regular pioneers and auxiliary pioneers will continue to report the number of hours they spend in the ministry, along with the number of different Bible studies they conduct. Further information about this adjustment will be provided to all congregations in the coming weeks. So what do you think about that? So publishers meaning just the general the rank populace. and file yeah. Jehovah's Witnesses, yeah, which is the vast mm-hmm. majority. Yeah. Um, pioneers, I don't know what the requirement now is. It's something like, you know, two and a half, I think. Um, it's gone down mm-hmm. so much. But no, I think it's, a. is it 50 or 60? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was 90 when I was a pioneer. Um, it's now down to, I think, 50 a month, 50 hours a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so they will still need to report their time, um, mm-hmm. as will special pioneers who generally they have a, a greater uh, requirement, but there's very few of those really, um, and circuit overseers. Mm-hmm. So other, other than that, there'll be no more reporting, which I think is really, really interesting. You think it's in response to all of the um, cult finger pointing and they're sort of trying to make it look less culty? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, we've we've talked about this quite a lot on on this podcast. I don't obviously believe that <laughs> it's been us that's made them do that. Um, before anybody starts to think I've got delusions of grandeur, mm. um, no. Um, obviously, from an organisational psychology perspective or an organisational perspective, um, as somebody that works in businesses, I've focused on the whole point around kpis we we have a saying in industry which you've probably heard of yourself what gets measured gets done which is i think quite an interesting saying so we we talk about that in in organizations what gets measured gets done so the idea behind that is if you know if you're attending to something if you're measuring something then that becomes a focus for actually making sure that thing gets done okay so in response to that um if um so i'm just thinking about in certain kpis in previous sort of sales jobs i've had mm-hmm. um it's true if i guess it was being monitored you're more likely to kind of push to achieve those things like you, you know if, if if no one knows how much you've sold there's i guess you know less fear of kickback if you've not sold as much as you're meant to sell for instance but then also in the instance where there was say and you you knew you'd done everything you could but you still didn't sell as much but you get sort of reprimanded for it um there's that kind of negative thing so i guess do you think there's a chance that a a okay follow-up question does the org um share these numbers so you know when you give in your reports to say i've done x amount of hours do they then share that information um only the elders get to see that okay and the elders get to see it if they want to um there's a so it's not like a, a a set of reports that go out. It doesn't. It, they don't put it up on the notice board for everybody to see. Yeah, to be but like, look does... how much we've been doing. Because because <laughs> I was wondering, I was like, oh, because if they do do that and it's actually quite low, you might yeah. not want to have the well, report. Yeah, that is mean? that is. I think that is the suspicion that a lot of the commentators have. That the, the people that I mentioned that have already reported on this. Yeah. Uh, so Riley rather than it like. On going down as a result of this it's already on the downward turn that's the suspicion yeah yeah and they don't want to keep uh, to be quite honest i imagine that it for the the, 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 there's people that it will already be on it will be lower anyway but i imagine if you're one of those people that's sort of less believing of it in the religion sense but you're going because your family goes and for more the you know those kind of social reasons if you're not being monitored you might be like nice (laughs) 
Yeah. So uh, just just to clarify, so what happens is um, you put a report in currently um, up to November. So I'm I'm interested if anybody's going to care to do it in October. That's kind of an interesting question. But anyway, that's a bit of a weird thing. Why? So what would happen is you put your report in, which would include the number of hours, your names on the report, number of hours, magazines, Bible studies, Mm -hmm. books you've placed, magazines you've placed, and nowadays it also included in videos you've played. Um, And so you'd record that information. That information gets – so the service overseer, the person responsible for Mm -hmm field service in the congregation they he will look at it and obviously would know um in theory any of the elders could see that report and if you're slipping down like if you're not doing very many hours then maybe you get a shepherding call or a conversation with uh, maybe your bible study conductor as was but they don't do that anymore so um just an elder i suppose um so this is going back the way that it used to work um so yeah it did have consequences but it wasn't put on the that not all of the rank and file would know only the elders would know and then what happens is that report gets all collated together for the congregation and that congregation report gets sent to uh the headquarters um for us it been in london in the uk and then it gets sent to the headquarters in new york so it, it is data that is used that was used to make predictions about you know is what's that... going to happen in the future how many mm. what the activity is so my, my point here from an organizational perspective um this suggests that this data is not of very much value anymore so in in uh, organizations trying to collect data is really important and sometimes quite difficult especially if you're trying to get it from the rank and file teams you know so uh, sometimes i work in organizations where you want people to record um things like uh, we call it short interval control so it's basically you're you're recording what you, in manufacturing for instance you'd record how many packs you'd done uh, how much waste you'd had how many were overweight underweight all those things and you record that every hour on a sheet of paper that gets collated and then you can as a manager you can then see you know what what are the problems what are the areas that we need to work on um so it's it's live data and you're able to use it um, highly mechanized systems would collect that data straight away and it's used to make decisions about what you should do and how you should manage the plant i find this very interesting because we've talked about this i've talked about it quite a lot because i've looked at organizations like jehovah's witnesses and applied this sort of kpi mentality onto it so kpis are key performance indicators and all organizations have them so there's some way that as an organization you can determine how well you're doing and where you need to target to improve things now if you go to all that trouble to get people to fill things in and believe you me it's really difficult to get people to report on what they're doing because people just don't want to do it and they feel it's a waste of time Jehovah's Witnesses have been doing this for like about a hundred years and it has become part of the culture. They are used to doing it for you to say, we don't need this data anymore as a manager. You're, you're that's a really bold thing. Cause believe me, you're not going to get them to do it again. You know, in six months time, there's no way you can say, right, we now need you to start recording your hours again. Um, and I think, so that's, that's a really important thing. Now it, it is possible, as you said, that, 
part of the problem is that the hours have tanked, you know. So if you're reporting on hours that demonstrate that actually the activity has gone right down the toilet, then maybe from a spinning perspective, you don't want to publish that information. But they could have just not published it. They could have said, we're not yeah. we're not going to publish that data, but still have it to hand because it would, you know, theoretically it gives them information on which they can make decisions. So I just think that's fascinating. Mm. Clearly, they don't think that data is of any use anymore. The amount of hours that people are put, putting in, knocking on doors, doing what, what they call witnessing work, speaking to people about the Bible, about Armageddon, about the New Order, all that sort of stuff, you no longer need to record that information. And that is such a different culture that is completely a 180 and i find that fascinating do you think there's any gdpr reasons that they're not doing it because <laughs> um, it is data it's possible i suppose but um they've they've been quite aggressive with that as far as i understand it in in that they've gone to the um to the individuals and essentially got them to sign oh, that they are willing to uh for the organization to store information about them that's my understanding mm -hmm. so they you know that's again that's they, that's, that's something you can in. do something about mm. you know you can get people to sign away their rights unfortunately mm. it is it is the way it is but i just find that so so i'm left thinking well okay why are they doing it so yeah mm. of course it could be that time's going down but if that's the case then don't publish it or surely that is giving you some data that you can then act on so why are they not doing a big push to try and get people to do more witnessing unless unless they no longer see that activity as adding any value so mm. much so that they're just willing to dump that valuable bit of data do you think as well this is just a yes but um i, I wonder what the age spread is like in the um in the Jehovah's Witnesses, because obviously a lot, we said before, a lot of people leave, um, and it seems a lot of people leave in their thirties or sort of around that mm. time. Yeah, it does. Um, I wonder how many people are like older and therefore can't go knocking on loads of doors as well. So, like you say, is it lower anyway? Because you know, as a group, Maybe. is it an aging population and therefore you know? It's not really massive benefit as well. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't so know the demographics. An, yeah, maybe it's just an image issue. They think witnessing just doesn't look good, you know. Don't forget, um, time is counted not just on knocking on doors, but doing the cart witnessing, mm -hmm. writing letters, what they call yeah. informal witnessing, which is just, you know, talking to somebody um, mm -hmm. briefly about a magazine or about the Bible or, you know, mm -hmm. you can – you can define that as anything. So um, all of that is is no no longer going to need to be counted um, as time. And as as I've said on this podcast before, and on other people's podcasts, actually, that part of the the whole way that Jehovah's Witnesses do their ministry is through this whole counting of time. It is the singular. KPI key performance indicator that was used to determine to determine people's spirituality really so you know i i was never approached by anybody to say you haven't actually had anybody come into in 
square scare quotes the truth um you know you've had bible studies but you've never brought anybody in uh you know I've, i never had any talks about that but i did have people talk to me about my time mm-hmm. if i wanted to be a ministerial servant then you need to make sure your hours are up to the average of the congregation so that was generally the the way that they determine whether you were appointed as a as a minister or servant or an elder was whether your hours matched the average of the mm-hmm. of the general congregation so again that's that's going to change now because a lot of the elders are not pioneers so in theory they won't actually have to do any oh. ministry i mean you're talking about ticking a box that says this month i did some ministry that's it mm-hmm I mean, can you imagine will, what that could be? Well, yeah. I will be curious to see if anything else takes its place. Um, so if, you know, they kind of do this for a bit and then it's, they want you to start sort of, yeah, stating how many people you brought in, <laughs> you know, something more hardline, I don't know. I mean, that's that's very unlikely. They're going in the opposite mm-hmm. direction. So yeah. I, I think... Um, so what what could it mean? So firstly, think about the consequences. You've now got a two-tier organization, essentially. You've got a bit like Mormons, you know, there's only some of them go on on the mm-hmm. uh the, the door knocking work for a period of time. Essentially, that's what you're gonna have here. You're gonna have a, a small, perhaps more professional group of witnesses who are actually going to be doing the preaching work knocking on doors so on and so on um they're going to be the core of the preaching work um the majority of what's going to be happening and i think this is probably where where it the answer lies is that it's really about directing people to the website uh they are building this huge um studio uh, which is like going to be JW Hollywood, really. So they're, they're making movies there, proper movies. They already do these dramas, but they're going to make movies. They're going to, um, I think it's it's really about the broadcasting. It's about the movies they're making. It's about all this media. Um, and they're going to raise funds, I think, through uh, contributions and uh, people, you know, contributing to get these things these products it feels much more like a a sort of um subscription to a kind of religious order than it does the organization that that i grew up in i think it's absolutely fascinating i mean the, the other thing that you know could be related to this is that the the quality of you know the the people that knock on your doors they are so poorly educated a lot of the time and they they talk such nonsense that they're not a good witness they don't they don't actually make you think oh these people might have something you know they they just they sound so um unable to string a proper coherent sentence together that you think well maybe the society's decided that we can do without them you know we can do without mm. those people knocking on doors actually what we need are professionalized a professionalized class of witnesses who can do it decent do a decent job and then the rest of everybody can just direct people to to the website hi i'm tracy and i'm sharon and we are feet of clay confessions of the cult sisters 
So way back in the 1970s, we became radical Christians in the Jesus movement. We were promoted to leadership in the crazy cult commune, Last Days Ministries, founded by none other than Christian music megastar, Keith Green. Now we're sharing our decades long escape from the trauma and abuse of extreme Christianity. We tell our own stories and also invite guests to talk about fundamentalism, purity culture, arranged marriages, child abuse, misogyny, homophobia, (laughs) power-hungry patriarchy, and much more. Much, much more. So join us as we share our journey of healing and humor and how we finally found peace and joy on the other side. Feet of Clay, Confessions of the Cult Sisters, wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know it's estimated that there are over 3 million podcasts currently out there? So trying to get noticed and grow listeners is really hard. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not tell a friend about it? We can be found on all the podcast apps. So please tell them to search for Cult Hackers. In fact, why not pause the show right here and do it now? You can find the pod link on our show notes. So you can just copy and paste it into a message or share it using your app. Thank you. Now back to the podcast. So that that's what it that's what it felt like. But then the other thing that's happened, and I've only noticed this because of watching uh, some of those videos that I mentioned. But the AGM also introduced a couple of doctrinal things, which seem a bit uh, like they kind of contradict one another. So one of the the changes is related to the Great Tribulation and armageddon so the the idea is that you get this great tribulation where all religions get attacked basically but so there's a a period of time that's called the great tribulation it's a bit fuzzy exactly what's going on there but one of the things is that all religion gets attacked um apart from jehovah's witnesses and then um it's obvious that Jehovah's Witnesses are the only religion left, so they then get they then get attacked by the governments, and then Armageddon happens, which is when everything's destroyed, all the eight billion people are killed, um, and the it's always been the doctrine has always been that you know once once this starts, once uh, religion gets destroyed and the Great Tribulation starts, it's kind of too late then to become a Jehovah's Witness. You can't repent then. It's too late. You know, the ark, the door of the ark is now closed. Um, that's it. You know, you're done. But actually, there's a change now. So the idea is that there's the this happens, the Great Tribulation happens. There's a bunch of stuff that happens in this period, including the destruction of uh, false religion, again, in inverted commas um and then and then armageddon comes and now the doctrine is that actually people might be able to repent and uh get saved even at that late stage after this thing has happened with false religion which would suggest that um, you can kind of wait until that happens before you actually do anything and i think that's actually quite quite interesting mm-hmm. um yeah so uh, but on the other hand the other thing that's been said um, currently is that the message is becoming more judgmental. So actually they are being much more clear about the fact that if you don't uh, repent, if you don't listen to Jehovah, if you stubbornly refuse to listen to Jehovah and his organization, then 
you you know this is what's going to happen to you judgment message you are going to die at armageddon um which i think the, the two don't seem to sit very well together it, it felt like a softening and a hardening simultaneously yeah. which is a bit yeah. weird yeah it is weird but actually in a way not um not that surprising it's something that cults do so on the one hand um that they kind of want to throw you off um so that it's hard to really understand what's happening i think with the with the changes in in the the hour counting time there is bound to be a feeling that uh you know we're, we're slacking off a bit and um it's we're settling in for the long haul so that's why i think this judgment message thing is being pushed it's to stop people thinking that it's the counterbalance mm. to what people might be thinking around oh i don't need to do as much in the in the ministry you know but will there be a ministry i mean i i'm if if you're a pioneer imagine being a pioneer mm. And nobody's coming out on the ministry with you because nobody thinks there's any point in it. You know, you're on your own now. It's it's really strange. Do you think, I said, yeah, what do you think the culture shift will be? Because there's a lot of people that, like you say, it's just what they do and they're used to it. So just because they're not being measured, does that mean that they'll stop doing it? Because um, there's some hard, you know, Ultimately. proper believers, but you do. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. Um, Jehovah's Witnesses generally don't like going from door to door they don't mm. enjoy doing it i hated it most jehovah's witnesses don't like it they do it because they think it's the right thing to do um but it becomes a drudgery and they do it for an hour um perhaps on a saturday or something um and it it just i mean it, it used to be you had to report an hour was the minimum you couldn't put half an hour but then they changed that so you could actually just put half an hour so it has been going in this direction yeah, it seems like um, – so the culture, I think, is going to become much more like you can be a nominal Jehovah's Witness um, in theory. So you know, we always used to say you can't just turn up to the Kingdom Hall every week and think that you're a Jehovah's Witness. It is part of being a witness is to do the preaching work. Um, I just – you know, I don't think – I don't think that's going to happen. And I, I repeat my, my, my little saying, you know, what gets measured gets done. What you are doing – by saying this is that this is not important if you want to focus people's mind on the importance of something you measure it if you don't then what you are saying essentially is this doesn't really matter so yeah there will be some of course um that carry on doing it um but for a while at least but i think that'll be like a like unplugging a fan from the wall you know it'll gradually slow down until really the main witnessing work is being done through these movies, TV shows, uh, media, and that will be paid for through contributions. And that essentially will be the the way that witnesses will say they are still yeah. preaching. So I guess the other question then, in a, a sort of a wider question is, do you think this is a good thing? It's a really interesting question, Selena. I have been thinking about this. How, how do we respond to um, what, seems to be positive things and maybe other positive things will come along some xjw's are already speculating that you know this could be the beginning of a watering down of a lot of things like uh, the blood issue and um you know i suppose celebrating holidays and disfellowshipping shunning and all of that so is this the beginning and how should should we respond i mean obviously it's up to each individual to respond the way they want to i'm thinking about myself how would i respond how do i respond 
I think I welcome it. I think I would say I welcome it. Why not? Why would you not welcome um, reducing the, the the load on the rank and file? And if it means that people now are not discouraged from getting a career, going to university, and uh, because they can, you know, they can build a life for themselves. Um, I welcome that, you know, I absolutely welcome that. It, it, even if it means they are expected to give some percentage of their earnings to the to the organisation, I still think it's better than putting people into these dead-end jobs that mean that they, they have no future and, uh, and then expecting them to spend all their time knocking on doors and preaching. So if that's the direction they're going, then I absolutely welcome that. Do you think it's likely that people will be spending time that they now have to do things they want to do or couldn't do before, rather than it just sort of shifting into other JW stuff, if you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. reading more Bible, you know, reading more of the Watchtower. Do you think they'll shift more into doing other things? I think, um, again, it will. it's hard to generalise because people will respond differently, but I think the majority of people, my prediction would be that, yeah, the majority of people will spend their time, they would have spent knocking on doors um, or sitting at a cart. They'll spend that time doing things that everybody else does, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, uh, getting a career, earning a living, um, doing fun things at the weekend instead of wasting their time pounding the streets you know um i think that the vast majority of jehovah's witnesses are are just going through the motions at most of the time and this is a motion that they won't have to go through anymore and i think they'll be really relieved mm-hmm. and they will probably won't say that and it will be spun differently but yeah i think that's that's the reality who knows i mean it's possible they'll they'll introduce some other activity that that they want uh, the rank and file to do that would be consistent with the way that cults operate we've often said that one of the things that cults do is keep you busy 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 so that you don't have time to think about things um you know it, it could be a real own goal i mean i i actually feel it is possible own goal um shoot yourself in the foot whatever whatever metaphor you want to use i i think it's a very strange decision um obviously i welcome it but i go back to this what gets measured gets done i think i think the the whole culture around the preaching work maybe it's been on the way in already so you know maybe this is just a reaction to the the reality of of what's happening on the ground but as i say it's not like jehovah's witnesses leadership to just follow what the rank and file are doing they normally lead you know they would if they wanted people to do more ministry they would be saying it <laughs> you know but they're not so or it doesn't sound like they are they they they're, they're this is a different sort of message. This is a message that says, um, yeah, you know, just just a small amount of something is mm. is better than nothing. And I think that's yeah. quite interesting. It's very different. I was just thinking, it's a very different um, place than what you left now, isn't it? It is. Um, yeah. So with this, so even before we're just the the tailing down the, the, the hours, but now, yeah, it's just a tick box exercise. Um mm it made me think as well about like the quick builds and things you talk about i don't really hear anyone no. talk about that as a thing now um if anything they're just selling off the buildings that were built mm-hmm. um during that period of time it's very different um landscape wise um 
I mean, why do why do you think it's very different? I think it's because um, I think they're right about the the fact that that business model, and I do call it a business model because that's what it is. That business model was dying um, in a world of media. Um, everybody's got a piece of media in their pocket constantly, where they can access information. Um, look up anything on Google and so on and so on. The the idea of of people trudging the streets, knocking on doors is anachronistic, really. It's um it's so old fashioned, you know. It's not the way that everything's going. Everything is going um automated and uh done in such a way that you can access it whenever you want to. So I think that's that's basically that they're they're creating a, a religious media um they were a printing company. Mm-hmm. They were a printing think- organization. Now they're a media organization. Do you think you could imagine them doing so you know how you used to do that education in how to like do talks and mm. that sort of thing do you think you could see them having schools where you go and you learn how to make media content like social oh, media like instagram and reels and mm. tiktok and stuff yeah i mean social media is a tricky one for jehovah's witnesses because it's like um it's it's exactly what they don't want people to be doing because it's um it's chaotic it's wild, yeah. you, wild you don't west. know yeah, exactly. You don't know what you're going to find there, and it, you can't control information that way. So they really discourage people from using social media. Um, so I don't know whether that will be, but I think they they will be training people even now. You know, they I'm sure they do already in um, some of the film production skills. You know, you will have um, courses at, at the headquarters around. You know how to be a director and how to how to ad and um, mm. you know how to storyboard and all of all of those. So, so actually, those are the skills now, not plumbing and bricklaying and window cleaning. The skills they want now are lawyers um, mm. to defend them from all the attacks they're having from individuals and and, and governments. Um, they, they want lawyers and they want um, filmmakers uh, and media experts. So yeah, that's it's quite interesting. Um, obviously, we'll, time will tell how it affects the culture, but I think it will definitely have an impact on the way that the organisation feels and runs. And it does open the door, I suppose, to nominal Jehovah's Witnesses, where you essentially all you're expected to do is is turn up to a meeting every week and contribute financially, and then the organisation yeah. does the rest. It it produces all this stuff, and I suppose. Um... Because I think that's another thing from people we've spoken to from from a different phase of the J Dubs how it operated. Like I said, there was um there was a much clearer sort of classification. So as in a spiritual being the top class, and then a, they're not very spiritual. You know, as as a polite way of saying it, I suppose, and putting them at the bottom. Whereas if it's not an expectation, I guess if it's not being measured in that way. Um, yeah, probably see a difference in yeah. I think how you'll, it all you'll, works. You'll have a, an elite. Um, so most uh, most of these cults do have an elite group. So if you think about Scientology, you know they have the Sea Org. Um, I think with Jehovah's Witnesses, you'll have they also had the Bethelites. You know the people that lived in Bethel um, that uh, printed the the magazines and so on. They were kind of elites. And but I think now the elites will be the people that actually still do the the ministry. Um, uh, currently anyway i mean who knows if that's still got a future at all but um the pioneers will 
be considered elite, I suppose. Um, and again, it's it's the people making the the programs and the the broadcasting, the films, and all of that that will mm. will be seen as the elites, I guess. But for the vast majority, and um, yeah, maybe it is a movement into a more mainstream type of of movement. I mean, I'm. I know that's what Wally said on his uh, on his channel. Um, he could be right, but I don't know. I, it's really hard to know if that's the direction they're going in. Are they just becoming more mainstream, um, or is it just a readjustment readjustment of the way they're organised and they're still going to be as extreme as ever? Interesting. Well, obviously, time will tell. I think the the other thing I just wanted to to make a point of is. Um, you know, obviously, we've got these two slightly different messages here. One is, you know, you kind of a bit of slacking off, and the other one is judgment message, um, which seem to be at odds with each other. But I think just going back to that judgment message again, um, I haven't watched all of the talk talks on the AGM, but the bits I've I have watched, you know, they they actually do make me quite angry. Um, I was accused of being a liar for saying that the organization preaches that people are going to die at arm again if they don't become Jehovah's Witnesses. But I think that is being much more explicitly said now mm -hmm. again. And it's always been that, but every now and again, they, they, it, it comes round again and they get a bit bullshit and start to have a, a leaflet that says something quite provocative. You know, they had one a few years ago, which was about the end of false religion, you know, and, um, uh, and, you know, what they're doing there is they're creating an us and them. So this is what cults do. And even normal organizations often like to do this, create this us and them mentality. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what's at the heart of this. It's like, you know, uh, we've got to stay within this lovely, safe, thing this safe place that we are and all those dangerous bad people out there the wicked false religion but if you think about the arrogance of calling every other belief in the world false religion and then preaching against it and then having the gall to be surprised when people say anything bad about it you know, that's just unbelievable damn cheek as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay for you to slag off every single religion out there and say that it's going to get destroyed by God. But if if we mention that they're doing something or have said something that's wrong or that hasn't actually happened, suddenly I'm the bad guy. Mm -hmm. You know, that that really just, just takes the biscuit. Takes it does. Biscuit. It does. How dare they? How dare they? If you are going to throw stones, then you're going to have to expect a few being lobbed back, aren't you? Mm. If you are, if you think it's your right to tell everybody that they are, they are members of a wicked religion that is run by the devil, then, then don't be surprised if people don't like it. You know, don't then shout persecution no. uh, when people react badly about it. Stones and glass houses. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, so that that does uh, roll me up somewhat. Um, but anyway, good news, I guess, about the, the not counting time. I bet that the witnesses will be having parties about this. <laughs> <laughs> Secret They're, parties. And it will be spun as such a loving arrangement. What a loving thing to do. But there will mm. be lots of them that will also be thinking to themselves, all of those hours I've put in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now we don't have to do it. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you're older and you've done it all now. And then these young youngsters come in um, who don't have to do the ministry anymore. All, all they need to do is like say, 
Um, if somebody at work says, "Where were you? What were you doing at the weekend?" Oh, I went to an assembly. There you go. That's my bit of uh, bit of witnessing done. Tick, pitching. Ah, my goodness. Oh wow. Okay, so a bit of a strange one this week. Um, I think it is. Uh, we don't often focus on Jehovah's Witnesses um, specifically. We do obviously speak to ex-Jehovah's Witnesses um, and their experience, but I don't go on about it that much these days. Uh, I have talked about it at length in the past, but um, I, I just this is too big to not not mention really. And I think it's interesting to look at it from an organisational perspective. Remember, what gets measured gets done. And I think this spells the end of the the witnessing work as we know it. Um, I suspect that in a couple of years' time, the whole pioneering thing will will change quite radically as well. So that you know, I think that there'll be other ways that people will be expected to do their sacred service. But I, I think the knocking on doors days are done. Well, it doesn't go anywhere, does it? People either hide when they knock on the door, or you answer. Waste of time. And it always was go, a waste no, of time. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, some brought people in, I suppose. So it did. It did something. Some were good at, at uh, bringing like, people into the organisation. If you bring in one person, people. was it? Mm. You know, obviously, I think it's bad, um, but I'm not from the organisation's point of view. It's such a huge amount of time and effort to get yeah. such little reward <laughs> absolutely if you were paying somebody to do it you would never do it it's only the fact that they're volunteers oh, it's free yeah essentially that the, the labor is completely free therefore it doesn't really matter that it's completely um well uh, for the vast majority a waste yeah. of time I mean, and going on the field service for an hour is actually like a two-hour job because you've got to get ready you've got to go to meet for mm -hmm. field service then you go on the field service and you have to get back home so you're talking about a couple of hours worth of of even if it's just faffing. for an hour on the doors faffing and pointless activity if you were paying people to do it you just you just wouldn't no no i think it's always been more for the benefit of keeping people busy and doing yeah doing stuff i don't think they've ever were under an illusion that it was gonna bring swathes well, of people maybe in the beginning, beginning say, maybe days. in the past it was the way to do things i suppose mm. that we didn't have um media in the same way you know you couldn't do jw broadcasting but now you can i think um yeah that's that's the change that that is mm. happening which is is kind of going to be kind of interesting really um one of the things that uh one of the elders on the AGM said really was, I suppose, to head off any criticism of these changes was, you know, we, we don't apologize. We don't need to apologize for changes and for new light um, being shed on these things, you know, so that's kind of arrogant, isn't it? We don't need to apologize to all of these witnesses who have been spending their time and effort in this activity, wasting their lives. We don't need to apologize if we get it wrong. You know, that's, um, that's your problem. So they, that I was they're kind of admitting then that it wasn't of benefit previously. I don't think they were referring specifically to the ministry there. They're talking about changes in doctrine, but it's okay. in the same um, at the same age. Yeah. So yeah. I think you know it's hard not to to equate. Basically, they're they're saying, look, it's up to us. We decide. You know, you no one else can determine what's going to happen. We decide. We have the power. You shouldn't question it. Um, and 
um, yeah, we, we make no apologies, uh, apologies for getting it wrong. And the other thing that I think is coming as well, actually, so here's a bit of a prediction, and I've said this for quite some time. Um, I think the big change, and it's almost there, they're almost there now, that they're, they're rolling the pitch, as they say in the UK, um, to us for this new thing, which I think they're going to say, they're going to say that the Great Tribulation has actually already started. So what this is going to do is avoid all those difficult questions about, you know, you said it was going to happen in this generation, blah, blah, blah. I think they're going to say, yeah, it already started. It is the same trick that they pulled when they said 1914 and then it didn't happen. Well, it did, but we just didn't see it. Same trick. It's very, very typical of these apocalyptic groups to say ah but it did happen so i think they're going to say all the things like the you know covid and the wars and all the terrible things that are happening this is ev- this is evidence that actually great tribulation is not a it's not a, a one event it's a process which started pick a number you'll find something in ezekiel with some mm. some dragon ezekiel, or something to mm. or daniel to uh to be able to count some time and um Pick a number, you know, they'll they'll find a number that mm. shows that Bible prophecy has been fulfilled. Um, so the Great Tribulation started in 2020 or something. I don't know. Mm. That's what they're gonna do. Because <laughs> then they can Heard they don't need to keep first. saying, um, mm. you know, oh, we've had to yeah, we've had to change our doctrine about that. They'll say, Yeah, we were right. Mm. You didn't notice it, but it happened. Yeah. Yeah. We'll uh, let you know. Anyway. We'll, we'll talk about that when, when they make that announcement. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, that's it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you very much. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you for listening, everybody. It's a bit of a different one, listening to me ramble on a bit. I've just come back from uh, a weekend away, me and Sarah, your mum, uh, mm-hmm. Celine. We went to York, didn't we, for, a, for yep. a few days. It was our 30th wedding anniversary. So that was lovely. And had a great time going to all the uh the the religious uh babylon the great churches mm-hmm. in york going up the york yeah. Minster, fascinating place um something that i would have never done before so it was absolutely amazing nice okay thank you very much it's thanks it's... for listening everyone bye oh don't forget to um to, to write a review don't oh, forget yes. that review thing yeah write a review, write a review. thank you bye-bye um... see you next time <laughs>